On this episode of AV Week, we have a conversation with my buddy and pal, Tom LeBlanc, who is back in the AV industry. Also talking about the products and technology coming out of CES that's going to make its way into the commercial world and what trade shows you need to look at. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 438, recorded Friday, December 10th, 2020. Clever Code. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box, and by Christie Digital. And by Bayan. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tom Albright. I am your host. Before, though, we start talking about the news and information of the week, we have a very special interview. Uh, a very old friend of mine, uh, Mr. Tom LeBlanc, uh, recently left the AV industry. He stepped down from being commercial integrators editor-in-chief that he started back in 2011, stepped down over the summer, went and did something else completely different from the AV industry, but now he is back. Uh, Tom is the new and the first ever Director of Industry Outreach and Media Channels, and Mr. Tom LeBlanc joins us today to talk about that. Welcome, sir. Thanks, Tim. It's good to be here again. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, so not for nothing, um, you know, uh, Tom, first of all, he's been writing about and involved in the AV industry for darn near 20 years. I uh, started a commercial integrator um, eight, nine years ago now, uh, nine years ago now, actually. Um, and back in the, in the summer, you stepped away for a bit, uh, went and did something else. But now you're back in the AV industry uh, as the first ever NSCA um, director of industry outreach and media channels. Uh, so very simplistic question to start off here. Uh, Tom, what are you hoping to, to do and, and accomplish uh, at NSCA? Yeah, so, I mean, it's a simple question, but I, I'm not going to give you a simple answer because okay. there, there's a lot to say here. Um, so when I was at Commercial Integrator, you know, one of the great relationships that I had with NS, was with NSCA. And I always really liked that, you know, NSCA was very focused on sort of the business end of the industry because that was kind of the part that I liked to write about. So that's why I ended up writing a lot of stuff that, you know, kind of, you know, leaned on expertise from NSCA. So like you said, I left the industry and I thought I wanted to do something else. And I very quickly realized that I didn't. <laughs> At least I didn't like the thing I was doing. Okay. And it kind of led, it kind of led to me thinking, you know, okay, well, what do I like to do? You know, what's, what's my problem? What do I like to do? And um, it kind of brought me back to that, you know, kind of core feeling that I had at Commercial Integrator, which was you know, when I would write a certain type of article or when I would work on a certain type of presentation, um, there was a, a connection to NSCA because NSCA was often doing similar things. So I like working on stuff that's about helping companies to, you know, run their businesses better or give them advice about how to protect their business or give them advice about hiring and diversifying their business. I love that stuff. And, you know, kind of thinking along those lines led me to be like, okay, well, I don't like my job, you know, and I started thinking, you know, like, hey, I used to talk to Chuck every now and again about the possibility of someday working together. I wonder if he still wants to do that. 
And, you know, we started to have some conversations and, you know, when you work for uh, a nonprofit organization, you can't just pull the trigger and hire somebody. It's a big process. The board um, has to kind of understand what we're trying to do and, and decide if it's something that they want to do as well. So there was a little bit of a process there. And, you know, it, it for me, very luckily worked out well. And, and I'm back in the industry and really, really excited to be working with NSCA. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that you have as an advantage as somebody coming in, this is not this is not NSCA hiring somebody just kind of off the street and what behind the years, you personally, but also obviously commercial integrator, the last five or six years have been heavily involved with NSCA with their business leadership conference, BLC, that happens every February or March, somewhere in, in the first quarter. Uh, you've worked with Chuck when it comes to some of the, the industry surveys that commercial integrator NS, and, and NSCA has kind of uh, created and crafted together. So you have a, a working, deep working knowledge, I would say, uh, of the organization and a lot of their members. Yeah, I probably do have a little bit of an advantage in that regard, having you know worked pretty closely with NSCA over the years. But also, I mean, the bigger advantage that I have is I'm joining a really good team, you know, a team that does you know really solid stuff. A big part of my role at NSCA is going to be you know, working to create more and to amplify content about the stuff that NSCA and NSCA members are doing. But we already have a team that does a great job creating content. So it's easy for me to kind of slide in there and, you know, work with some strategies and, you know, try to amplify it here and there. But yeah, the familiarity is going to help. But also, I think, you know, joining a, a great team helps. And I knew that. You know, that was one of the reasons why it was really appealing for me to come on board. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, sir. Well, I will uh, let you get this is actually your first week and your first Friday. So you have some meetings to get to as well. Um, as always, first of all, again, congratulations and, and good to have you back. Um, how do people get a hold of you now uh, or NSCA if they are so inclined? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still at the same Twitter account. So that's at LeBlanc Tom on Twitter. And you can also reach out to me at my NSCA account at T LeBlanc at nsca.org. And I'm really happy to be connecting with you again, Tim, and to be connecting with folks in the industry. I'm happy to be back. All right. And continuing the conversation and talking about the rest of the news of the week. Uh, first and foremost, my buddy in pound, Mr. Brad Grimes. Welcome, sir. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also with me, uh, actually two newbies. So Brad, be nice to them. Uh, first of all, Jason Ward, a, a buddy from the UK over at Involve. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me, AV Nation, living the dream. My life's complete now. <laughs> <laughs> it's on podcast, folks. You should go check it out because it's fantastic. <laughs> Especially if you want to, you know, it's, it's a little bit like soccer hooligans, uh, only if there's AV involved. <laughs> um, and also Ariel Marcus. Ariel is from M4 Solutions out of Israel. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's kick this off here, guys. Uh, CES. We're recording this on Friday, uh, January tenth. CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, put on by the CTA, just wrapped up here, um, and a lot of stuff has come out of there. Um, one of the things that has kind of blossomed over the last couple of years is the Smart Home Pavilion. Uh, typically, that's hat that that's taken place over in the Sands. Folks like Z-Wave Alliance and and Google and, and uh, Amazon have all had uh, presences there. Um, Brad, I'm going to start with you on this. As as somebody who you know, Brad not only um, has worked for a, a, a Vixen in the past, but also you, you were an editor uh, for a, a, an AV magazine as well. 
at your point of view, as you watch shows like CES and, and a little bit of, of CD, CDL um, back in the fall, what do you guys see, think, and Brad, you first here, what do you see coming out of CES and the technologies coming out of CES that will eventually start hitting some of the commercial uh, integrators? Well, I think a lot of the technology you see out of CES is um... – is 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 fodder for great ideas. I mean, r really, it, I mean, clearly a lot of consumer electronics come out of there, stuff that you're going to buy and you and I are going to buy in our homes or we're going to buy wherever else. But it's also a place where you go and you get ideas. I mean, I, I'm really intrigued by artificial intelligence. We can talk about it a lot. Uh, it's a big part of consumer electronics these days. I do think it has a place in uh, commercial AV and lots of other technology applications. Um, virtual reality, augmented reality, a lot of these things that, you know, sort of you get a, you get a taste of at CES, you get a lot of people um, piloting new ideas, and a lot of these things are already making their way into what we would call commercial applications. I mean, I've been working with a, a technology, a big technology company that is seeing a lot of action, for instance, with VR in healthcare. Hmm. Healthcare is a, a place where uh, the AV industry has a lot to offer. Um, VR is more than just an AV application, but it, it gives people who are in commercial AV or any other technology integration field ideas. And, and how can we apply some of this great technology? How can we apply artificial intelligence to, to applications? And then we just need to go find the use case. And then it's going to be down the line. It's not going to be right away. It's going to take some time for, for ideas to bubble up and find an application in the real world. Yeah. Jason, uh, Brad mentioned a couple of things here. One of them that has come down the pipeline is voice. Uh, I know a number of years ago, Harman started working with, with IBM and Watson to kind of do their own voice control. Uh, Crestron and Control 4 have integrations with, with Amazon uh, Alexa and Amazon, the, the, the Echo ecosystem. So as you're watching shows like CES, what are you guys looking at? What are you seeing specifically that you think is going to come down uh, into the commercial world? I kind of agree with what Brad's saying about the, the AI. I wonder where the lines are drawn between AI and just clever code. Um, but I, I, I do see that that's a sort of big part of what we're doing. Um, watching uh, the show from afar, I love uh, David Danto's 5G cynicism. Um, and uh, he sort of bangs that drum big, loud and hard and... Um, but I, I do think in our world, and Brad's already mentioned healthcare applications, I see really strong healthcare applications as, as you take healthcare into the field in a B2C environment, that the, you truly are in sort of a mobile application world because you don't need to look for a network in order to get a, a quick video call, for example, or network access um, in order to deliver great results. So that, that that's going to happen. Um, me poking fun like David is uh, autonomous vehicles, the new AV, uh, um, because I saw a lot of cars uh, <laughs> coming on my social social media feed. Um, and then, more generally speaking, uh, these products are bleeding into our environment. You're not going to escape it. You've just got to embrace it. Um, deal with it or embrace it. Yeah. Uh, Ariel, uh, would you wrap up on this one? You know, we have seen a flip where 20 years ago, maybe uh, probably 20 years ago, the, the pro environment is what was pushing in, into commercial, right? We, you, you would see a, a giant projector here uh, at Infocom 20 years ago. And then a year or two later, you'd see a, a, the same type of projection system at CES and at Cedia. Now it, that's kind of flipped. So, so what are we seeing in the commercial world that, that's pushing our way in, its way into, into 
the commercial. On, on my opinion, most of the application that we will see uh, that will be adopted is part of it is the augmented reality. We're seeing a lot of those on the uh, different platform that provide different solutions uh, in an easy way to implement. So augmented reality, I think that's the next thing that we will see. Very good. All three of you had said augmented reality, so we'll see <laughs> where, where we go with that. Uh, all right, guys, next uh, next um, uh, uh, topic or, or uh, story comes to actually from our, uh, our very uh, website. L Acoustics is hosting an AES Academy at NAMM. If you're not familiar with what NAMM is, uh, NAMM is there's two uh, NAM shows uh, every single year. One is typically happens in the, the wintertime in January. That is the bigger of the two. Uh, and then there's one typically in, in the summer and the fall. This one, though, um, is, uh, is a music-centric um, uh, trade show. Um, and one thing I want to start with, and, and Jason, I'll start with you, as we look at CES first and then NAM, and then shortly thereafter NAM, you've got ISC. And shortly after ISC here in the States, you've got DSC. And then you've got NAB, uh, National Association of Broadcasters. And after NAB, you've got um, Infocom, which happens in June. All of these, these um, shows, and we can continue on, and I'm not going to because it'll take the rest of the show. But as we look at these various shows, and you could make a living just going to trade shows, besides what I'm going to say are the big ones, right? And, 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 and this is no disrespect for anybody. I would say the, the biggest one, strictly from a, a, a attended standpoint, is ISE. Integrated Systems Europe happens the 11th to the 14th of February. It's the biggest one in the world, right? Um, for North America, it's, it's Infocom. And, and then we can discuss the regionalized versions of that, whether it's India, uh, Australia, you know, uh, various versions of that. Depending on where you are, though, Jason, besides the, the big one that you think that, that folks should go to, what other ones or what other types of shows should integrators start looking at? I think we're, we're a little bit u- unique on our little island. The, the next biggest shows after the, the big ones that happen on a continental basis, um, on a more con- country level, are run uh, by uh, distributors and manufacturers spe- specifically. Uh, they get more attention than UC Expo, for instance, is the biggest one that springs to mind outside, claims to be Europe's biggest UC show. I'll, I'll be honest and I'll be brutally honest like I always am. It's terrible. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's the wrong side of the river and, and, and a waste of a day. Why is it terrible? Um, nothing new. Um, the, the, the vendors are a bit apathetic with the quality of people on the booth. That means the quality of the conversation can be degraded a little bit um there's a complete sort of lack of commitment you know it'd be nice if for example if somebody held back an announcement for it to give it some kudos um but nothing happens um the most impressive thing i've seen tim just to sort of draw a line under my part um for in the past couple of years i, I, I saw you there was um, the PSNI Super Summit. I know it's sort of, you have to be a member and, it, and it's by invitation only. Um, I wish I could do two hops to the US and do both shows, but I, based on time out of the office, I have to pick one, and this year I've picked Infocom. But PSNI Super Summit, was, it, it was groundbreaking from the quality of what you're hearing, the quality of conversation, um, a more relaxed attitude, Brilliant. It was, it was inspiring. A lot of takeaways. I changed some genuine things for the good on what we do within our business as a result of attending the PSNI Super Summit. I think 
of the shows should look to what Haley and the guys are doing there and and try and replicate it a little bit. It's, it's brilliant what they do. Well, and some of that is, is if, if I can take off from what you said there, is the memberships, right? And obviously not everybody can be a member of PSNI. We can, we can have discussions about that later and, and, and forward you to those right people. But other memberships as well, whether that be you know regional shows for Infocom, um, National Association, you know NSCA, uh, that our buddy you know, we just talked to Tom LeBlanc about. You know they have uh, a couple of different events every year, so yeah, those are as well. Uh, Ariel, same kind of question to you. What other uh, besides the, the big the massive trade shows? What other shows should should folks be looking at? I, I think, uh, in my opinion, I think that there are too many show at that point. It's very difficult for me to say that there is additional show that we would like to attend because you need, you need to understand we are developing. So if you want to develop something and you want to show it, then you need a, a development time for it. Otherwise, you will not be able to attend. For us, sorry to say, but still I'm, I'm keeping the traditional one uh, like ISC and Infocom, it's very difficult for me to come up with an opinion saying there is additional show that we need to attend, at least on the AV world. Uh, I think that there is too much. It's very difficult to, to show new things uh, at a short time between those shows. All right, very good. Uh, Brad, last question here. And Jason mentioned the UC show over in the UK. We, we also have one here, uh, Enterprise Connect. Mm-hmm. With- to Jason's point, some people do hold off and, and, and do announce a number of things. Polly, just for the record, that was when Polly came out of um, announcement between the, the combination of Plantronics and, and Polycom. That's when that announcement happened in, in 2019. Mm-hmm. So what other shows from, from your vantage point should, should folks maybe consider? Well, uh, I mean, when you when you rattled off the all the shows in the first half of the year, you, that was that was my itinerary for about five years. I went to every one of those shows. Um, um, but and this is a, an enormous cop out, but it really it depends. I mean, if if you're going to be an AV firm and you're going to focus on hardcore, you know, bread and butter AV, then you you know the major shows that you need to be at. All these shows um, have some of their specialties. NAB is a great show. It's uh, great if you're you're big into streaming media and you're making broadcast rooms and things. Like, if digital signage is obviously great, but if 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 you're not going to just be an AV firm all the time, you're going to be a, you're going to broaden yourself. You're going to find other niches, other places. We talked about AR, VR. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you've gotten some really smart engineers who can think up an AR, VR application in the healthcare field, and there are companies that have dedicated VR applications for healthcare companies, then you're going to go to AR, VR conferences. Uh, we, we didn't talk about drones coming out of CES or anywhere else. And, you know, we sometimes, uh, sort of laugh at drones, but that's, I got to tell you, drones are going to be a big application area. And if you can build uh, an application, I was talking to a gentleman the other day who uh, worked for a company that created a automated uh, drone application that would basically scare geese away from food processing plants. Because frankly, if geese do what geese do in a food processing plant, it, it you know, it uh, exposes the public to, you know, risk. Um, and they created a, a platform that will detect when there are geese. It actually knows that it's a goose because it has intelligence and then drones go up and it scares them off and teaches them to not to hang around. So if you find an application like that, that's not traditional a, uh, AV, but is a technology application of a related technology, 
then you're going to go to those shows. So I would say, you know, it, it, it totally depends. You clearly, we can't go to everything. No. Um, and all the shows that you mentioned are great shows. Um, NAMM's a great show. AES is a great conference. So um, it really depends on where you want to uh, apply your uh, technology chops. Absolutely. And just for the record, NAMM's uh, Avenue uh, happens the 16th through the 19th in Anaheim. So if you're out that way or if you're involved in the music section, um, lots of great folks that you're going to see at ISC and Infocom will also be, be at NAMM. So check those out. Uh, last story here, guys, before we let you get out of here. Um, this comes to us from our friends over at AV Magazine. It was interesting application of, of Barco's We Connect, a virtual classroom. Virtual University is hosting up to 84 students utilizing WeConnect. Uh, quote, unquote, from the article, the Essex Business School in France uh, connects up to 84 people joining remotely. Participants are all displayed to the teacher on a series of screens at 100% real, si real life size, meaning that interaction between teacher and participant can happen just about as it does in a live classroom environment. Ariel, we'll start with you, with you on this one. Is this a new version of, of higher ed that we're seeing in AV uh, where it's, you know, instead of uh, massive lecture halls, these are going to be more like studios with, you know, a number of, of monitors up and the, the teachers can kind of just sit back and, and interact with the, the students one-on-one -on -one instead of the students having to come to a physical campus and as well as the, the instructor having to come to one. I think, I think it was uh, just requested to, to happen. Because we are seeing during the last year a lot of uh, different application, different stuff going to the uh, uh, classrooms and different implementation. This is actually also connected to the last, uh, to the first story that we started with about augmented reality. Augmented reality will create the new classrooms. You will be able to demonstrate. You will be able to do anything that you want. So, having all of those. It's really, it's, it's going to be the future. It's the next generation of the education uh, uh, and the classrooms that we're seeing. I think this is a very good start and uh, we will see a lot of those. All right, very good, Brad. Same kind of question is this, you know, whether that's, you know, um, augmented reality, AI, or, you know, um, uh, uh, augmented reality or artificial intelligence <laughs> or other types of technology, are, are we seeing um, higher ed more and more uh, embracing these new technologies? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think Harvard Business School did the same kind of virtual classroom, you know, huge wall, lots of different people pulled in. I believe our friends at McCann Systems were even involved in that installation. Um, yeah, higher ed is definitely looking at, at new technologies, new ways of attracting students, keeping them engaged, differentiating themselves, very competitive field. Um, I mean, basically right now, uh, CES is a great showcase for it. Technology can do a lot of things. Now go out and find the use case for it and create the application that will actually deliver results. I mean, just because something can do something doesn't mean you have to do it with it, but find the application for it. And this is a great application of, uh, of conferencing technology and visual technology to bring people together from around the world. Absolutely. Uh, Jason, you have the last word on this. As you're talking with, with integrators and you're talking with um, you know, some of your clients that are, that are in higher ed, how do you walk them through some of this minefield of, oh, it's, it's, it's new technology, it's bright and shiny. Um, it, but as Brad said, sometimes we have to find the actual use case to leverage some of this new technology. In use case as well as commercial, um, there's a commercial realization to this. We saw 
the WeConnect application when uh, we took uh, Avi Jam to Trek at Barco. Um, because of time constraints, it didn't make it into the episode. It's, it's, it's a very cool product, very immersive. Um, my, my question, as per my sort of starting statement on this, is who can afford this right now? You know, here in, here in the UK, Oxbridge universities can probably afford it, but, you know, some of the former polytechnics that now call themselves universities are running on a much tighter budget. So have we got to wait for the second iteration, third iteration of these solutions to come to market before they see mass adoption? Because the current, I think uh, Brad mentioned Harvard Business School, Harvard, Oxford, Cambridge. You know, you, you're certainly not going to see Bristol University buying one of these next week. You know, it'll be the third, the third iteration of this product at a much more reasonable price tag before you start to see mass adoption of this kind of stuff. I have seen in his previous job, go Joe Way doing some cool stuff. Though. That I was, I was, you know, he he's doing some good stuff, not necessarily with a big budget as well in his old job. Yeah, in his old job, and I will say this, Jason, will come back to you on this. Is this some of the things, some of the, one of those things where we we wait for a technology to mature, number one, um, and for some of the uh, trademarks and patents to to you know kind of get out or those licenses to start to where you're right, where that second, third, and fourth tier manufacturer who doesn't have the the price tag associated, but the, but universities and colleges, you know, I, I started off in the AV industry at a small little community college, right? Uh, did not have the, the, the budgets of a USC or a Boston college. So um, we're, we're seeing, we're wait, wait for that technology to kind of mature and then maybe it can go down the, the, the pipeline a little bit farther. And that, yeah, you're right, Tim, and that relatively sort of it's the budget restriction that, that, that's in place makes, makes these organizations a bit risk averse. So they're going to sort of pass through the early adopters and almost a little bit coming out of the early majority. And then you're going to see sort of a bit more of a wider uptake on this, I think. Um, I send a little bit of apathy even with the guys in the building. You know, this is a really cool product, but, you know, there was kind of a, the words they weren't using was we don't sell many of them. Yeah. No. You sensed it. They weren't saying it, but you did sense it. Yeah, I, I could see where if, especially if it's if it's a premium product like that, there are there are going to be limitations to that. So, all right, guys, uh, that is going to do it for us. Thank you all so much, Mr. Brad Grimes. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. And how do people get a hold of you, or if they are so inclined? Uh, I'm still in the Twitterverse uh, at B Grimes DC. Very good, Mr. Ward. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. And how do people get a hold of you, get a hold of Involve, or uh, listen to your fabulous uh, AV Jam podcast? AV Jam at AV Jam UK podcast. We've just launched uh, a LinkedIn uh, group for everyone to sort of join in. That uh, we'll, we'll be making that known very soon. At JP Ward on Twitter, message me there. Um, it's as good as email. I'm, I'm more reliable at, relying on at replying on Twitter than I am email. Um, it, it's a good place to get hold of me. Um, we'll be at ISE uh, sharing a bit of booth space with the with our PSNI friends, uh, booth number B200. Right, very good. Also, you guys will be in, in Hall 15 as well. Um, hall 15 is to hang on for a second. It is Hall 15, you're right. The new hall the, that nobody goes to. Well, it's not nobody goes to. It's the newest one, though. <laughs> uh, it's the newest one. Uh, but yeah, PSNI will be in Hall 15 B 200. So, uh, Ariel, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. And, uh, we will see you at, uh, ISC. ISC, we will be at the whole five, at boot T 80. 
with the HD-based alliance and with a lot of new stuff that we are going to present. One of them is the third generation of the HD-based and we are going to present also the, in the testing world uh, IP capabilities on our tester. Excellent, excellent. Awesome. So yeah. we have some interesting things. Yeah, you can always check out M4. M4 has got some good, good testing equipment. So, uh, for us, for Aviation, or for me, but don't go by, the, go by the website. It's football season, and my bears have been out of it. So since they were at Tottenham, actually, uh, in in the UK. Uh, but go by the website if you would please. Aviation.tv. That's Aviation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. While you're there, please check out our supporter section. These are the folks who help us financially, help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week and our coverage of ISE 2021. Last time in Amsterdam happens the 11th through the 14th of February. We'll be there. JP will be there. Ariel will be there. I'm not sure yet if Brad will be there, but we'll... I'll be there. We'll be, Brad will be there, so there, you will all be there. Um, we'll be there in case you can't. Uh, one thing we will do uh, is Aviation has a studio now at, uh, at, at this year's uh, ISE, so we'll be doing... Our daily nice. wrap-up show, uh, actually starting Monday of the program, so actually uh, February 10th, we'll be doing a, a starting a daily wrap-up show. It will be at 11.30 Eastern uh, every single uh, day, with the exception of Friday, uh, simply because the show ends early on Friday. Uh, <laughs> we'll actually be uh, at uh, 9.30 uh, Eastern on Friday. So all that and more at avnation.tv. It's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week.